Hello and welcome to a special midweek edition of the Little Zion Baptist Church podcast. If you've noticed in recent weeks, we have not had a podcast, and that's because some of our sound equipment has failed us. We've resolved those issues, and this Sunday, we are going to have a brand new sermon from Pastor Robert Medley, Lord willing, and we are going to fill in the time and just kind of get us back into the podcast world, and uh, we're going to actually play a best of podcast or a sermon from 2004. You know, a while back we had some snow and didn't have service and we played a message from the morning service of April 18th, 2004. This is the evening service from April 18th, 2004. Uh, This is the day my daughter was born and this is the message that came afterwards. And Brother Held had a very good way of turning something that happened in his life that day into a sermon uh, that night. And uh, so uh, a lot of his service is, or his sermon this evening is going to focus on childbirth. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today and look forward to posting a new message on Sunday afternoon. After I heard that Bethany was here and how I'd been praying and those things, that just kind of inspired me and I thought, you know, Praise God they were here, but you know, uh, as we prayed, Gloria labored. And I was thinking, you know, maybe that is what is missing in our church today, is that old-fashioned labor of love. You know, they were talking, you know, I hope she has the baby soon or they'll take her to Syria. Well, I know it's necessary sometimes, but I feel like they get a little quick about uh doing things the unnatural way and maybe maybe in the church uh, we don't uh, we don't follow God's plan and I f- really feel like that God's plan was that we travail in childbirth and I think that means both physical and spiritual so if you turn with me the book of Philippians uh, the Lord laid these verses on my heart I was thinking about the Apostle Paul you know, the Apostle Paul is known by many for his uh, willingness to stand by while Stephen was stoned to death. But you know, he, he more than made up for that in his labor of love for Christ and the church. And I would like to bring that out. I feel like that you and I could do the same thing. We're really no different from Paul if uh, we just uh, would uh, surrender ourselves totally and completely unto Christ. Stand with me, chapter 3. And then 2 Corinthians also, I believe it's chapter uh, 11. I have some verses to read that we might read. Beginning with verse 1, he says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write to me, to, to write the same things to you to me is indeed not irksome, but for you it's safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath reasons for which he might trust in the flesh, 
I more. I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. But what things were gained for me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we simply ask again humbly that you give us the Holy Spirit. Anoint us, Father, I pray, in the reading and the preaching of the word. Pray anoint hearts, minds, that we might receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls to the uttermost in Christ Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> As I read those things, I, I wonder, uh, are we missing something today? Uh, why is it that our churches seem to, as the word is used in the Southern Baptist papers, that say, well, we've plateaued. That means we've just leveled off. We don't seem to be going down, but we don't seem to be going anywhere forward. And so uh, I, I wonder, there has to be a reason. And then the last letter to the last church, of the last church age, we know was the church of the Laodiceans, and there was a warning in there of what it would be like in the last days. Uh, for that church said that they were rich and had need of nothing. Therefore, God said, you are blind and naked and know not what you have need of. And I wonder if our churches today have forgot to realize that, uh, that uh, bringing them into uh, the fellowship and the family of God, we must travail in suffering and labor. Uh, and, and I thought about that. Now, this might be strange to you, but I'm just an old... Uh, I'm not a seminary graduate. I'm an old country preacher. I have to use things that I deal with every day uh, to see the Word of God. But God showed me, uh, and thinking about Gloria, whom I love very much, I love all of them, but uh, uh, when, she was, uh, when she was going to the hospital, uh, some tears come to my eyes, and I thought, there goes my little girl going to suffer and bring a grandbaby into the world. And I have learned my years. I know when mine came in, it was just a kind of a shock. Maybe I was shocked. I don't know. I, I, I really didn't come to grips with what Merle was going through to bring my children into the world. I didn't have that privilege of sitting by. They made the father 
stay in a waiting room. He wasn't in the room, so he never saw them. I never had that privilege of watching my children birthed into the world. Uh, but I know, I know as I, uh, as I would watch them as they would go into labor, how, how the pain would flash across their face. And, and, and just, just knowing that, not experiencing that, but hearing them say, I know that there is not a child born into the world in the natural way, but what it comes with great suffering and travail. And as they said, well, Gloria is going into labor. I thought, my, wouldn't it be wonderful if they'd say that about little Zion? If they would see us going out and they'd say, man, they're going into labor. They're going out to travail to bring in to the kingdom of God new souls. And before we could know that, Paul was saying, he said, we have so many times we, we complain instead of rejoicing. He said, finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you as me is not irksome. It wasn't irksome to Paul. He said, rejoice, regardless of what you suffer. Remember those first apostles. We need to be like them. When they were beaten and placed in the prisons, they simply, when they were turned loose, they praised God that they were counted worthy to suffer such things for Christ's sake. You see, they had a great hope within them to bring into the fold new life. That, that God put them in there, and that's in a woman, to bring that new life into the world. Nothing else matters. Regardless of how much they suffer, remember the suffering of Jesus on the cross. They say the play passion demonstrates it almost to the point that they say don't take your children. <coughs> but remember this all the time on the cross. I believe that Jesus really truly did know that his death was going to bring life. And every mother has to know when they're laboring to bring in that child and when it's born. I said I was amazed. I got out to the hospital. The baby was born 10 minutes to 12. I must have been there at 1 o'clock. She was already eating dinner. <laughs> and I thought, you know, uh, she just acts like it was just one of those things. Well, God, isn't he miraculous that he can take away the knowledge of that pain and suffering the moment that new life emerges into the world? It ought to be that way in the church. We ought to give our all, labor, travail, night and day. How long has it been since we prayed all night like our Lord? How long has it been since, uh, since we had no place? We gave up our all for, for the sake of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, he said, men have, or birds have nests, foxes have dens, but the Son of God hath nowhere to lay his head. He gave it all up for our sake. How many mothers... I see in, you know, in modern times we forget maybe with modern medicine and modern ways uh, that but many mothers, uh, my grandmother was one who, who died uh, in, in, in childbirth and many more and many babies are, have, have perished to that. So we know it's not an easy thing. It's not something we need to take for granted. But I'm saying we don't need to think will take for granted that children will be born into the kingdom of God if we don't work at it, if we don't labor at it. And Paul said, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. He said, I want to forget those things that are behind. 
And you know, uh, spiritually speaking, Paul had all kinds of qualifications. He gave them here and listed them. If, you know, Paul said, I had zeal. I had zeal in my faith. But it was a wrong kind of a zeal. You see, it says they had a zeal, but not according to knowledge. Paul was tutored under the, the, the wisest tutors in that day. And he says, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is the law of blameless. You know, if somebody brought those kind of credentials to our church today, if I had those, they might call me Dr. Smith like they do some of the others. I don't know. But nonetheless, Paul was saying, I lost all of that. That, didn't, this, that was worthless to me. I lost it all for Christ's sake. And he said, I count it but done. You know, we, we need to lose our identities, don't we? In Christ Jesus. That's literally what Paul did. He lost his identity as a Jew, as a man, as a spiritual individual, as doing things, and he was lost in Christ Jesus. He said, I count all things but lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Isn't that so? You see, all he wanted to know was Jesus. Man, how long has it been since we just wanted to get close to God? Close to God. I mean, travail in prayer. How long has it been since you've been to a church meeting or a revival meeting? And I'm not trying to blame you or anyone, but we need, we need to take stock of what's happening in our world today. How long has it been since you saw God's people travailing in prayer for the lost? It's been a long time. In fact, I've never seen it in reality like the old Christians told me about. I would love to be a part of a revival like that, but I don't think, <coughs> I don't think it's going to come until the church, and that's me included, are willing to travail, and travail means uh, not just, uh, just what comes easy, but I mean we really need to get down to the business of praying and searching and going and telling about salvation. We need to do that. And Paul said, and you think about it, how could a man, you know that was written after this, how could a man who suffered these things still want to be a part of the suffering of Jesus? You know, so many times we complain for the, I mean, just useless, trivial, I think's the word, little thing. Maybe God gets us up too early or maybe sends us where we don't want to go or, or what. There's just so many things. We can have all kinds of excuses. Uh, but, in, uh, but in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul begins <coughs> to talk about those things uh, which he uh, uh, had suffered for the uh, word of God. In chapter 11, he said, I say again, let no man think me a fool, if so, yet as a fool, receive me, that I may boast myself a little. Paul said, if you're going to boast about what you're doing, he said, uh, Paul was uh, reluctant to boast, but he said, if you're going to boast, let me boast just a little. Let me show you what I have suffered for Christ's sake or for the church's sake. 
That which I speak, I speak not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I'll glory also. You know, so many people say, well, what all I've done. I've heard people boast about how many they've led to the Lord or, or, or what great things they've done for the Lord. Well, Paul said, evidently in that day some gloried in what they were doing also. And Paul said, if you're going to glory, he said, I want to glory a little also. For ye bear with fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For ye tolerate it as if a man bring you into bondage. If a man devour you, if a man take you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, you take that, you tolerate that. But what about for God's sake? I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Nevertheless, and whatever in his bold, I speak foolishly, I'm bold also. Now that boldness, the word boldness, I understand that speaking it when you translate it or interpret it in the English, boldness means assurance or confidence. He said, if you're going to boast about this with confidence, I am more confident in what I have su suffered. And he goes on, are they Hebrews? So am I. He said, are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. And then he says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. <laughs> more abundant. And then he says, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, and in deaths often. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils by mine own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness. In watchings often. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I am not indignant? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I nigh not. In Damascus, the governor under Artemis the king kept the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desirous to apprehend me, and through a window in a basket was I let down my wall and escaped their hands. You see, and Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You see, Paul had suffered that. You know, a, a mother can almost be guaranteed the child that they bring into this world will always love them. And I'm almost convinced that every church that leads somebody to the Lord, they'll always love that church. Even if they don't go there, they'll always have a tender place for the church, for the minister, for the people in the church. If we labor in love. But you see, we have to know that we're doing it for someone else's sake and not for ourselves. You see, a mother labors to bring another life, not her own. To save a life, that baby has to come, has to be delivered. And so they come into the world, and they're precious. And I think about a mother, and I just place 
I'm going to give the mothers a crown tonight because I think of it often. I tried I tried to help Merle. I changed diapers. I, I, I gave them baths. I've done a lot of things. But I don't compare myself to being as Merle was. You see, I, if, if, I could always find some excuse or reason not to change a diaper or whatever. I could hand them to Merle. You see, if I didn't want to, she always had to because she was the mother, see. Uh, but I, they, they, don't, they just do it. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And Paul said, in weariness and painless and watchings often and hunger and thirst and fat, mothers are just that way. You know, they, you'd think it'd be enough to suffering on their behalf to bring them into the world that they say, all right, now I brought you into the world. Get along on your own. Maybe that's what's wrong with the churches today. Maybe we've done that. We bring them into the fold, but we don't rear them up. We don't look after them. You see, it's not an easy task to rear up children even after you bring them into the world. Now, I believe that the Father ought to have a part in that. I believe that, that everybody in the church has a part. But uh, uh, I think that we, uh, we really become bonded with God when we go through that time of suffering and travail. Then we become bonded. When you really know that you have extended every bit of your being in prayer and in, in witnessing and testimony for somebody and they come to know the Lord, you didn't save them, but you know you had a part in bringing them into the world. You see, every one of us is truly, we belong to God. But the mother has to bring them into the world. And therefore God allows that bond to be there. And what's wrong with the churches? Maybe we are not travailing. Maybe we are not willing to suffer. And then say this. Rejoice, I say, in the Lord always. Rejoice. I'll tell you, uh, I don't know many mothers. There's some, I'm sure, out there. There's worldly women just like worldly men. But you know, mothers never remind their children day by day what it costs them to bring them into the world. They don't go around doing that to their child. They love them. They love them. They do for them. And I want to say, uh, when, you, uh, when you bring somebody into the church, it shouldn't be a burden. And you shouldn't have to be reminding them what all you did for them. You just should extend your love and make sure they grow up with that same love, and that same bond of love that only Christ can put there. Now, uh, as I said, I give a crown. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ suffered travail like no human being has ever suffered to birth the church into the world. We belong to Christ. And just like a mother, you can't separate them. They love that baby. I want you to know Christ loves his church and gave himself for it. He gave himself for us. He loves us. And Paul went after all of that he was saying. And then he said, in Damascus the governor on Artemis, the king kept the city of the Damascenes with a garrison desires to apprehend me and threw a window in a basket. I was let down and escaped. <laughs> Paul saying, you, they couldn't hold me. God made me a way of escape even when they intended to apprehend me. Now remember what we learned this morning. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
Jesus never only died for us, he is sitting at the right hand of God making intercession for the saints. And just like the father sat by and watched his son, just like a man sat by and watched a woman birth uh, their child into the world, it forms a bond there you can't ignore. You may ignore it, but you'll never really truly ignore it. You have to be there. And God doesn't ignore anything that Jesus has done. And you know whom the father loves and draws, the Lord will in no wise cast out. So we need to begin to pray about travail. Not praying quickly, but praying fervently. You see Jesus when he went into the garden. Uh, you think about that. You, th you really think. You see, this was the beginning of his death. He prayed so fervently that his sweat became as great drops of blood. Folks, that's, getting, that's, down, that's pretty serious praying, isn't it? You know what Jesus was doing? He was killing the will of a man that was in him. He said, Lord, Lord, if it would be your will, let this cup pass from me. We don't want, you know, every mother when that first labor pain strikes, I, I, I'm sure that if they could if, uh, get away from having that child, they would if there was any other way. But that's God's way. And that was God's way for the church to be born. For Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. But thine be done. It was God's will that Jesus suffer for the church. And I think that he loves us with an undying love. Paul said, worse of ever, he, he, he spares us, he leads us, he guides us. And he said, there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And that's what I'm talking about. In, 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 and I know there's, there's uh, exceptions in, in the physical realm, but it's pretty hard to separate a mom from her child. It's pretty hard. And, and, and somehow, even if it does happen, that love and that bond, it's still there, waiting to be reunited. Well, you know, sometimes I think... Jesus, just wait. Oh, Father, would you just please send me so I can get my church? But till he does, let's labor like they did. And let's not complain. Let's not bellyache. Whenever, the tougher it gets, the more we ought to praise God. Remember Paul and Silas in the jail as I close. Beaten, as he said. Uh, 39 stripes. Five times. I, he was beaten like that. One time he was in the jail. Did he say, oh God, why me? No, he began to sing those gospel songs. And the jailhouse doors come open and a man got saved that was really headed for death. You see why he was headed for death? He was a Roman soldier. And if anybody escaped from a prison that he was guarding, that meant his head. He was killed. And, and he knew when those doors come open... He knew that he was going to die. And Paul said, oh no, don't take your life. He said, we're still here. We're not running, even though the doors is open. And he led him and his family to the Lord that night. You see, in travail and suffering, new life was burst into the church of God. I don't think it would be any different today if we had the same desire and the same 
uh, uh, the same motive as Paul and those early disciples did. For there was not a, a, a more a serious or more dedicated church planter, uh, church uh, uh, establisher uh, of the of the body of, of those that, uh, that he led to the Lord or, or brought into the church than Paul. And not only did he, he didn't just win them and drop them. Remember Paul always, he said, oh, I want to come. But he said, the devil's prevented me thus far. He said, the Spirit hasn't allowed me to come. Paul always wanted to go back and to see those that he won. And he was always concerned about uh, the, the doctrine and, and the leadership in the churches. And he made them and he sent them and he growed them. And then he went back and he visited them often. That's, you see, the more he travailed, the more we love them and the more we really care about them. So I really feel in my heart that the more I suffer, the more I will reap the rewards of a bonding of love between those that are lost and those that belong to Christ. Larry, would you come? <clears throat> so how long, I asked my question when God laid this on my heart, and I didn't come up with a good score at all. How long since I laid awake all night praying and thinking about some lost soul, even in my family? How long has it been since we, uh, that we uh, put aside going to a ball game or a movie or something else and went out to win a soul for Christ and to visit somebody uh, that was a shut-in, the sick, the afflicted? How long? Has it been since we really travailed, like Paul said, that he suffered for Christ's sake? I think we will see some different, uh, we'll see some benefits in our church if we all, if we all have a mind to serve Christ in our full and total capacity. So tonight, uh, maybe you just need to pray as I did today when God reminded me I'm going to love that grandbaby, but only Gloria will ever have the knowledge of knowing I brought him into the world. You see, we might love the converts, but Jesus brought them in to the kingdom. He gets all the glory, don't he? <clears throat> well, those old people, I hate to see a lot of them go, and, and you know, uh, there's some things I was remembering. You know, we sometimes think it's so hard to come to church. Uh, Goldie and Roy Hurley and their family uh, to get them ready to go. Uh, you know, you send the kids. I hear Leith and Kenneth send their kids through the shower, you know, and sometimes it takes quite a while to run that many through. But most of our families, the Hurley family, there was uh, eight of them in the family. You know what their bath for Sunday morning was? And that might be the only bath we got was on Saturday evening. But it consisted of going and getting some kind of wood and building a big fire and, and dragging up the water with a, with a, a, a well bucket and dumping it in and, there and building a fire and heating the water and carrying it and then using some kind of lye soap that was made from hog lard and lye. That's the kind you got to bathe. It wasn't the kind that made you smell all that wonderful, but it did clean you. All of that, then you had to go to the field and get the horses bring them in and harness them and hook them to the wagon 
And then instead of just zipping over to church in just a few minutes, they had to start early because it took a long time to get there. There was a great effort, but I'm telling you, those people were dedicated. That was the same people that began to knock on Harold's door when I came back from St. Louis. They were getting old. But I'm talking about those people next door. They were the ones that were still out there travailing for lost souls for Christ's sake. I think we need a new generation of those kind of dedicated people. And we can if we'll just pray about it and give ourselves over to the Lord. So pray about it. I'm not trying to say there's nobody today that's working for the Lord, but we're not as dedicated as they were in years gone by. Certainly not as dedicated as Paul and the early apostles. So, as we go, uh, let's, uh, let's just simply, uh, individually, uh, don't make a commitment you can't keep, but say, Lord, help me to be a whole little bit better tomorrow than I was today in soul winning. And then the next day, ask him, oh, make me a little bit better today. You know, by the end of this year, we might be some of the best soul winners in this part of the country. I would to God that that would happen and this church would be full. It could for Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we want to thank you for the beautiful day that you give to us today. And uh, Father, we know we were down in numbers. And Father, you know where each and every one is. Know that we love them. We pray for them wherever they're at right now. Thank you for the good messages today. Thank you for a good healthy baby today and for Gloria coming through her birthing process all right. And, it's been a good day, Lord. We thank you for it, Father. Pray for the many needs of loved ones and individuals in our church. And Father, pray for those going to doctor's appointments this week. And Father, pray that you'll meet their needs in their bodies and in their life this coming week, Father. And we thank you for all your goodness and your greatness. Thank you for leaving us the church that we may serve you, may live for you. May we get a burden for souls and to continually to invite people to come to know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. Thank you for that opportunity this evening. Keep us safe as we go our ways, Father. We thank you for your great love, and we thank you for your Son, Jesus. And we just ask it in his name tonight. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope that you received a blessing from today's message. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, we encourage you to. We are available on most uh, podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you cannot find us on your platform, please email us and we'll try to add it. Our email address is littlezionTrask at gmail.com. That's littlezion, T-R-A-S-K, at gmail.com. We hope that you join us next time. Until then, we hope that you have a blessed week.